It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA for the Step Back and Fan Rack Sports. I write for the Miami Heat's tip-off magazine. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. My usual co-host, David Ramil, is not here today. I am flying solo for this podcast. I am recapping the Heat's 111-109 to loss to the Orlando Magic. The Heat have now lost four straight games. This latest one against the Magic at home Monday night. I'll get to your Twitter questions later on that you sent in using the hashtag AskLOHeat and my spotlight player uh, at the end of the show. But let's start with the the last few minutes of that game. Um, The Heat down by 14 points with 8 minutes and 17 seconds to go in the game. They go on a 12-0 run. And, and that run was was led by Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and Josh Richardson. Those were the only three three Heat players to score in those final eight or so minutes. Uh, Miami tied the game at 109 when Josh Richardson uh, hit a finger roll layup with 2:53 left in the game, and that would be the last score Miami had in the game. They did not score again for the rest of the game. Uh, on their next possession, Winslow missed a pull up jumper. Um, that wasn't probably not the best look, not not the best decision for him to make. He he drove it, and there was a couple of magic players around him, and he went for a jumper there. Missed that on the, on Miami's next possession. Josh Richardson missed a layup after attacking the basket on a pick and roll, and and on that it was it was a very similar play to what Josh Richardson tied the game at a couple of a couple of possessions before that. Richardson backing up, getting some runway. Uh, far beyond the three-point line, and then attacking the Magic's defense in the pick and roll. I thought it was a good, it was a good look for Richardson, and it's nice to see him be aggressive like that and have the ball in his hands in those final few minutes, and in a way that honestly Goran Dragic had not been doing. And I was thinking that while watching the game that Goran Dragic isn't being aggressive and he's settling for too many mid-range shots, and so because he was settling, because he was playing pretty conservatively against Orlando's big guys. Maybe he just was didn't feel like he needed to go to the rim against Bismarck Biombo and he had a better chance of scoring on pull-up jumpers from, from 10 to 12 feet away. Josh Richardson was, however, attacking the basket. That's what you want to do against, against rim protectors. And that's what he did. And again, he tied the game with a play like that. And a couple of possessions later, tried to do it again, but just missed. Um, Evan Fournier got the rebound. And in semi-transition, drove into the paint, kicked it out to Jonathan Simmons. And then Josh Richardson looked like he, he went for the foul, but they didn't, they, the refs didn't call it. And so Simmons ended up with a wide-open dunk. And that was the last score of the game with about with one and a half minutes left to play. That was the last time either the Heat or the Magic scored. It ended up being the game-winning dunk. That's, that was the game-winning score. Orlando that put them up 111 to 109 and again that that game winning score it was a little weird just because Richardson looked like he could have probably closed out he closed out hard but he closed out hard and just and just went for the body on on Jonathan Simmons with his hands and what looks like an intentional foul if the Heat had a foul to give that would you know that's what he was looked like he was doing there uh again the refs didn't call it and Simmons just ended up with a wide open dunk uh, so it was just a, a kind of a, sh- a strange play for the the Magic to win the game on. Both teams then missed a pair of three-pointers. 
um, and the Heat call a timeout with 48 seconds left. Uh, Goran Dragic gets the inbound, drives to the rim, and, uh, and and for a second there looked to have a shot, but tried to dump it off to Bam Adebayo underneath the rim, and the pass got deflected, went up in the air, goes out of bounds, Heat lose possession, and um, go back on defense. Bam Adebayo blocks the shot on defense, and the Magic get the offensive rebound, take a timeout, and this is where it got really weird. The Heat, so the so the Magic inbound the ball to Maurice Spates. The Heat did a really good job of locking up, I think, the first and second options there. So Orlando inbounds it to Maurice Spates, and the ball just bounces right off of Spates' hands. I mean, it just goes right out of bounds. Maybe he was looking to turn and, and find another player to pass it to before he had possession of the ball it goes out of bounds so Miami gets the ball back with 13 seconds left they, and and they are in an inbound possession here um so the heat bring the ball so the the heat have the ball above half court they have Justice Winslow inbounding the ball at 6-7 Bismarck Biambo who's nearly 7 feet tall uh, I think he's listed 6-11 is in front of Winslow during the inbound pass, right? And so the Heat draw up a play. They run it. Biombo tips the ball as Winslow is trying to inbound it to Josh Richardson, it looked like. Um, Biombo tips the ball. It goes to an Orlando Magic player, and Miami never gets a shot off. The interesting thing about that is if Winslow waits maybe another half second, Goran Dragic ends up leaking out for a wide-open layup, but he misses him because he... he, he Throws the ball a little too early, I guess, and uh, and and you know, similar to Miami's recent loss to the Cleveland, they just didn't even get a shot off at on the last possession uh, before the final before the final buzzer. So, a tough loss for the Heat. Of course, it being against the Orlando Magic makes it even tougher. Um, the veterans in this game struggled, and that's really the story of this game to me, at least, is that the Heat had to rely on those young guys. At the end, I mean, throughout that entire recap, the only names that you're really hearing, except for Dragic here and there, is Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, and Bam Adebayo. And there's a reason for that, is because Eric Spolster at the end of the game went to his young guys. You know, Miami's veterans, they, they struggled in that game. Goran Dragic only scored 13 points on 5 of 13 shooting. He had four turnovers in the game. James Johnson, again, a bad night for him offensively. Two of five from the field. Missed his only three-point attempt. Only had six points in the game. He was a minus 12. And then uh, Wayne Ellington, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in, in more in-depth. But 0 for 9 from the field. Missed all eight of his three-point attempts. Only had five points. He was a minus 16. So in Dragic, James Johnson, and Wayne Ellington, who are so fundamentally important to what Miami does offensively, are not scoring. It really hurts. And then Kelly Olynyk, of course, he only played seven minutes before getting injured. Um, he left the game after getting hit hard uh, by a screen by Bismarck Biombo. He fell down uh, and then went to the locker room after injuring his shoulder. The latest we've heard so far is that he hopes it's not serious and that he's going to be reevaluated on Tuesday. So look out for that. But Olynyk only playing seven minutes didn't help Miami either. They had to go big for the rest of the first half. Um, and for most of the, for a bit of that third quarter there too, when Orlando got out to their big lead, and eventually, you know Miami's big men they just they started Jordan Mickey in the third quarter, 
um, and, and having those two bigs, they couldn't keep up with the Magic, who went small with Evan Fournier and uh, um, and Mario Hizonia in the forward positions there. And they eventually went small with James Johnson at the stretch four. Then they eventually shifted to Justice Winslow, who was providing much better defense than James Johnson was at the four. And that defense started to lock up a little bit when they ended up having Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo in that in their front court, surrounded by guards. And that that ended up kind of helping them narrow the gap. And those guys, they played well. Bam, Justice, and and Josh Richardson for the game. They combined for 54 points. That that's almost half of Miami's 109 points that they scored on 20 of 36 shooting or 56%. So those young guys played well. Richardson, Winslow, and Adebayo. So if you're looking for a silver lining, it's that the young guys stepped up. They were the ones that got Miami back into the game. And the veterans just couldn't hold hold it together um, enough to sort of just give Miami the edge. So all in all, a really tough loss for the Heat. They dropped, well, they were already seventh place in the East, but they dropped another game there. Um, And it doesn't look to get much better anytime soon because they play the Rockets on Wednesday. Uh, we'll get to your Twitter questions next, the ones that you sent in using the hashtag AskLOHeat. But first, if you run a company and you're unhappy with your return of investment with traditional advertising online or in print, try something new in 2018 and advertise with us here on Locked on Heat. National brands like SeatGeek, Draft, and MyBookie are already advertising on the show, but it's also a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. Podcast listeners are 65% more likely to engage with advertisers than from traditional forms of media, and the number of people listening to podcasts is growing every year, as opposed to people reading newspapers or listening to radio. Be ahead of the curve and start advertising on a podcast with us. You have nothing to lose by reaching out, and our rates are reasonable, and they're based on the number of listens, so it's an efficient use of your time and money. For more information on next steps, email us at lockdownheat at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company right here on the show. All right, I'm going to get to my spotlight player next. But first, let's get to these Twitter questions. And there's a theme here. Let's see if you can find it. At Zach NBA asks, when will we make a trade? And Taylor writes in, hope Pat and Andy got a good view of this four-game losing streak and with other bad losses and feel good about not making a move. Ming asks, will this loss and the probable loss versus Houston on Wednesday mean mean that Pat Riley will finally admit and pull a few trades? In parentheses, trade us on. We got to roll with Rich, Winslow, and Bam. What do you think? Who do you think has the higher possibility of being traded, Winslow or Hassan? And so a lot of trade questions, a lot of the Heat have to make a move questions. I, these are three of the questions that came in on the wire. Um, and there's plenty of, there's a, there's a lot more. And I get it. And after four straight losses, look, you don't, you don't make a move because your team lost four straight games. You make a move because the team doesn't isn't good enough to reach your goals, whatever those goals are. And for the Heat, that goal is to compete. And look, you don't make a trade after four straight losses. That's too short-sighted. What you do make a trade of about, though, is before these four straight losses, the Heat still had a negative point differential. I said it on this show. I thought that, look, the other shoe was going to drop. As much as that December and January run were fun— there were hints that it was a little hollow. There were hints that they, the Heat were taking advantage of a soft schedule there. Did they beat some good teams during that run? Yes. Has this particular run been 
especially tough with all the road games. Yeah, it has. But at the end of the day, the point differential is still negative. And it has been negative since December 1st when Miami apparently turned a corner. It's been negative since then, too. And look, I wouldn't usually pay attention to point differential in a lot of different sports, but in the NBA, it's extremely effective in sort of predicting the success of a team and the record of a team. And the Heat, they had a worse point differential than Charlotte and Utah, two teams that are on the outside looking in on the playoffs right now. It just seemed like the Heat, for the Heat, the other shoe is going to drop at some point, and it looks like that's what's happening here. You know, we talk about their shooting struggles and their offensive struggles. The Heat don't have a person on offense who can manufacture their own points. They don't have one player like that. They don't have a shot creator. The closest thing they have to a shot creator is Josh Richardson, and he can't be relied on to do it consistently. Wayne Ellington is Miami's best offensive player, and he can't create looks for himself. He has to come off of screens and rely on dribble handoffs and, and, and driving kick penetration and things like that for him to, to uh, get his points. For him to score. So with all of that, I think you need to start looking at this team. And, and if you're Pat Riley, recognize that it's not good enough to even compete. I don't know at what level they wanted to compete at. Because it's it's clear that this team didn't... That Pat Riley didn't put this team together with the intentions of winning a championship with this roster. He There's no way he thought that this team was winning a championship. Or even getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, quite frankly. But maybe he thought they'd be better than this. Maybe he thought that they'd be something closer to that 30-11 and 11 they were in the second half of last season, which they haven't been. And I'm not just saying this because they lost four straight games. Again, I'm saying this because their point differential is not good and because they are a streaky at-best offense. Is the defense good? Yeah, the defense is good. And it's gotten better as the season has gone on. But that's really thanks to their younger players. I mean, you think about who the best defenders on this team is outside of Hassan Whiteside. It's Bam Adebayo. Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson. Those are Miami's best defenders. Those aren't the guys that they signed this this summer. It's not James Johnson. It's not Whiteside. It's not Olenek. It's not Goran Dragic who you just traded two, who you traded two first-round picks for in 2014. I mean, this is a team that, like this Magic game, was sort of led by the young players. Any sort of boost they get is really those young guys. So I think they, they do need to think about making a trade. The problem for Riley and Andy Ellisberg, is that none of them are that valuable. Goran Dragic is an all-star. He's probably the most valuable player you have. If you trade Dragic, you've got to get an upgrade at that position back. That is the only way you could trade Dragic, because right now, if you take a point guard off of this team, as much as Dragic struggled against Orlando, and he struggled, but he was still a plus 17 in the box score, that's because he still gets the offense into gear. He still facilitates... And he, may, he makes it so that Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow can flash ability to run an offense, but they're not relied on to run the offense. And that's an important distinction. Um, so if you trade Dragic, you need to upgrade that position. I don't know how you do that. Maybe that's a Kemba Walker deal. Maybe it's something else down the road. But otherwise, maybe you look at trading James Johnson now. Maybe you look at trading Hassan Whiteside. Uh, we've been saying on this show for a long time that they should be trading Whiteside. Uh, this this defense is better with Bam Adebayo at center. Is he as good as a rim protector? No, but he switches every position. This is a guy who could guard and has guarded Blake Griffin along the perimeter and into the paint. Just two games ago, he was doing that. And and the, the on-off stats bear it all out. The defense is as good with Bam Adebayo as it is with Whiteside. 
Maybe you trade Whiteside. James Johnson. Do you go more of a blow-it-up route and, and then move Wayne Ellington for a, a draft pick because he's on an expiring deal and you might not be able to re-sign him? It's tough. Deion Waiters is eating up a lot of cap space, but he's injured. You can't trade him. Kelly Olynyk, I think he's... I think that contract looks good right now. You know, you hope this injury isn't that bad. I don't think trading him is the answer. I think he pairs well with Bam Adebayo in the front court. So really when it comes down to it, it's Ellington, James Johnson, and Whiteside that the Heat should be shopping, I think. And um, and Goran Dragic possibly, but only if there's a major upgrade at the point guard position, which doesn't, doesn't seem all that likely to happen. Um, our next question comes from Chris. He writes in, with both Tyler and Wayne struggling from three, I think this shows the niche Magruder could fill upon his return. He was shooting 40% in the preseason before the injury. I didn't get a chance to double-check that stat, but that sounds about right, and I trust Chris, um, who's writing in there. Look, I think Rodney Magruder can help this team a lot. I just wonder where the minutes are coming, because to play him, you're going to have to take minutes away from Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson or Justice Winslow. And those aren't the guys. I mean, Tyler Johnson, to a certain respect, has not been playing well. And he's part of the problem there. But but Ellington, you know, you you have to play him regardless of, of if he's not shooting well or, or, or not. I mean, he is a guy that is relied on for his three-point shooting and still spaces the floor a ton for the offense. Um, so you can't really take minutes too many minutes away from Ellington. You can't take minutes away from Richardson or Winslow because they're playing well and they're and they're so important to what this team does. And just from a developmental standpoint, you wouldn't bench one of those guys. Uh, Winslow, the tenth pick in the draft, Richardson, Miami's best two-way player for Magruder. Uh, you just wouldn't do that. So I wonder where where Magruder's minutes would come in. I think he can help again. I think you you spot him up in the corner and he can help you. Maybe you start him for a few minutes here and and bring Winslow back off the bench or whatever you're going to do. I'm just I'm struggling to see where the minutes come in because he's going to eat minutes away from somebody. And that's something that, that Spolster will have to figure out because you know that if Magruder's healthy, he'll play him. Because he will help. I just I don't envy Spolster's... Uh, decision to, to figure out where he's going to cut minutes from. I mean, I guess you cut minutes from Tyler Johnson, but I mean, this is a guy who's going to make $19 million next season. You've got to see what, if he can even come close to living up to that. Because best case scenario is he blows up in the second half of the season after the All-Star break, and maybe you could trade him, which seems highly unlikely, but you know, I just, I don't think that you could bench a guy who's about to make $19 million for Rodney Magruder, who is not. You know, who's an undrafted guy who was injured for most of the season. So uh, it's going to be a tough decision, but he could probably can help. And his shot did look good in the preseason. And um, maybe it's the case where, look, Miami needs to add shooters. Magruder is a decent shooter. And if that 40% bears out to be accurate of his ability in the regular season, he will help. I mean, even if it's just for a couple minutes here and there or situationally, he will help. And Miami just, they need to find more guys who can who can make jumpers on any given night, even if it's just from a hot hand standpoint. We're going to get to Wayne Ellington's struggles next. Quick reminder, make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on Heat on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on Spotify. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other Heat fans discover the show. And be sure to check out the rest of what the Locked on Podcast Network has to offer, including shows for every NBA and NFL team. The Locked on Podcast Network, your team, 
every day. All right, spotlight player time. The Heat have lost four straight, like I said. Uh, and in those four, those four games, in those four losses, Wayne Ellington, 6 of 30 from the field, or 20% from three-point range. He has missed 24 of his last 30 three-pointers. And that's a big problem when Wayne Ellington is basically your offense, especially in the second half. Um, Wayne Ellington, obviously the spotlight player of the game. And there's not much that's happening with Wayne Ellington that could be described from a schematic standpoint or what defenses are doing differently. They're, they're, look, opponents are guarding the Heat a little bit differently in that they trap a little bit more often when the Heat bring the ball over um, half court. That's been the scouting report for a few weeks now. Uh, when Wayne Ellington gets the ball on, on uh, when he's coming off of screens, opponents trap him more quickly, which makes his three-point attempts even a little bit more difficult. But it not a whole, it, it's not so markedly different that it's that, you know, Wayne Ellington is a guy who's been making contested threes at a high rate all season. So I guess there was some point where he was going to have to regress to the mean, and that might and that point looks like it's now. But for him to miss 24 of his last 30, to just go 0 for in, in two of the last four games is bad. I mean, the Heat have lost in the seven games that Wayne Ellington has missed all of his three-pointers, that, that he's failed to make a three-pointer, the Heat have lost. That's how important Wayne Ellington is to this team, which is an incredible thing to be saying, that a team in the Eastern Conference playoff picture relies on Wayne Ellington, a journeyman player. And I love Wayne Ellington. He's a, he's He's been great for this team the last two years, but especially this season. But you can't be a credible playoff team and rely and have Wayne Ellington be your best offensive player. You just, that can't be the case. And it is for Miami. It just, it is. And, and when he struggles like this, it exacerbates the problem because then suddenly the Heat can't create any offense and the spacing isn't what it is or what it used to be. And, and suddenly the team just is looking for answers when there aren't any. And, and fortunately for the Heat, those three young guys, Bam Adebayo, stepped up in the fourth quarter. Josh Richardson stepped up. Justice Winslow stepped up. But that's not going to be the case every night. And you need guys like Wayne Ellington. You need guys like Goran Dragic and James Johnson and, and Hassan Whiteside even to score points for you in the second half of these games or else you're going to have games like this when you're dropping home games to the Orlando Magic. Um, look, Ellington's been... He's a, he's a three-point shooter. He's been a three-point shooter his whole career. He's been streaky his whole career. So he's the the he's going to get back to what he is used to doing, right? He's going to start shooting better, and all of a sudden his problems are going to go away, and Miami's going to look a lot better. The answer isn't anything to do with Ellington. It's just to have more Ellingtons. It's to have more guys who can get hot from three-point range. You'd hope it was Deion Waiters, but he's injured. You'd hope it was Tyler Johnson, and he hit a couple of back-to-back threes, in that game that were huge, but that was about all he did the entire game. You need guys who can just kind of, that can get hot from three-point range and the Heat just don't have enough of them. If they're not going to have a go-to scorer or a guy who can get buckets in isolation, you need to have guys who can get streaky. And it just seems like Ellington and Kelly Olynyk are the only guys who have gotten streaky lately um, from three-point range. Tyler Johnson's not doing it. Goran Dragic plays too much on the ball, unfortunately for him. Um... You know, as Winslow and Richardson get more ball handling duties, maybe that'll help. 
Maybe they should be trying to get Goran Dragic more looks from three-point range, but he hasn't been shooting particularly well throughout the last few games either. Um, so this is a rough a rough patch for the Heat, and they could really use this all-star break that's coming up, and maybe they could sort of right the ship during, during that time. We'll be back tomorrow. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. You could send mailbag questions and ask about advertising on the show by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. You can tweet your questions or comments for our recaps using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time.